Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, and it's September 1st. I can't believe it. This year is just flying by. We are here live today. It is a free-for-all. I'll be here for the first hour or until we run out of your calls. You decide. Phone lines are open. Start dialing right now, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. Later on today, we'll also have an episode of Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett. Uh, for right now, we are opening the phone lines, and today is all about what you want to talk about. So jump in and join us. And I'm serious; I have nothing today. I am considering going on strike, uh, just a strike from the news. I've talked about this before. I've threatened it before. I may have an idea on how I'm going to pull this off. I seriously would like to take a break from the news. I'm so sick of everything in the news right now. I'm so sick of politics. I'm so sick of hearing about the same problems over and over and over. And we don't seem to be doing anything about any of them. Some of them we have almost no control over. As far as the economy goes, I think we are way past the point of doing much to help the economy. Uh, I think the Fed has been way too slow, and it's just going to play out the way it plays out now. They'll continue to raise interest rates. None of the news right now about the economy is good. None of it. And it's getting worse just about every week. We are in for a recession. I think it's going to be pretty deep. I think it's going to be pretty long and we're just going to have to buckle down and get used to it because it's coming. And again, I don't think there's much the government can do about that. Uh, There's so many reasons why it happened. All the government spending, the energy policies of this administration, we could go on and on and on. But the economy is what it is right now. There are other things, though, we could certainly be working on, and we just don't seem to. And like I said, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about it all, and I want to go work on other things. But I always feel like I, I have to know what's going on. I mean, I need to know what's going on to run my own business. And then I need to know because the people who listen want to know. But I need a break. So here's the thought. I just had this thought this morning and I'm thinking out loud. In fact, I just had it about 10 minutes ago, honestly. Um, I'm thinking about shooting for the month of October, taking the month off from news. And now, of course, I won't take it completely off. I'll still kind of keep an eye on what's going on, but I'm not going to spend the kind of time that I spend now going through headlines, reading reading stories, putting together opens, you know, based on current events, which is typically, you know, what I look for in my open. What's going on right now? What do we need to know? But so much of it has been so wrapped up in politics and the news. And honestly, the news just gets really old after a while, and I'm, I'm there right now. So here's my thought. You know, I got thinking about the other things that I tend to do on my opens. You know, I try to use that time for what I consider to be things that are really important that we don't teach people. I mean, that's kind of what our whole business is about. We do a lot of education. And when I think about the areas that 
I want to focus on the areas we've always focused on. Um, business, we, we certainly do a lot with that for owner operators and efficiency and, you know, running the business better. And there really isn't anywhere else in our life that we learn about business. We don't learn anything about business in school, even though we've been saying forever that our economy really runs on small business. Well, if that's the case, why don't we have better small business education in our school system? Why aren't we teaching people, especially if we look at what's going on in college right now, with the cost of college, it's gotten so out of hand now, the Biden administration wants all of us to pay off everybody else's student loan debt and the cost of college will continue to go up. And yet we have almost no training or education for people who want to go into the trades or run small businesses. And many of those opportunities are as independent contractors going into the trades you can work for yourself you can be an owner operator and work for yourself we have all the new gig economy opportunities to work for yourself and yet we don't teach people how to do that at all there's very few resources out there unless you're willing to just go dig and dig and find them yourself or maybe you find a show like this But there's not a lot, nothing in our school system about small business. Well, that's one of the things we've been teaching forever. But then we've also branched out. I started teaching about money and financial planning uh, 20 some years ago. I sat for my CFP in 2000. So it was 22 years ago. And I've been teaching people about money and managing their money. And yet, for something so important, we don't teach it in school. And I've never understood why or why not. I even tried to start a program. When I was coaching wrestling, I had to be an employee of the school system. And I thought, well, since I'm an employee and I had to go through all, you got to go through background checks. And I, I get that. You should. You're going to be around our children. We need to make sure um, you're not a serial killer. So I had been through all that, get through all the paperwork and you know I coached for several years at the high school level and I thought while I'm here why not put together some sort of a program to teach these high school kids about money just basic financial planning we we missed the basics completely and now instead of learning the basics instead we give our kids apps now that convince them they should be investing their money through this app investing in stocks and cryptocurrencies and really complicated stuff and they make it so stupid easy and yet we don't teach the kids the basics about money So that's something else we've been doing. I'm looking at the phones and nothing is happening. Um, You guys need to call me up. Want to talk about what you want to talk about today. Uh, I don't want to talk about news or politics unless you do. That's always your choice. I have no problem. I just didn't want to have to come up with something today because I'm kind of tired of it. So pick up the phone and join me. 855-950-3835. Last week, or 10 days or so about the last 10 shows phones have been really busy and today i was counting on you where are you um so 
business is not taught in school at all. Money, money management, not taught in school at all. When I tried, they basically said no. I wasn't, I didn't want to get paid for it. I wasn't going to charge anybody. I was just going to come up with, you know, a basic class. Maybe it was, you know, 30 minutes before school or 30 minutes after, or we would have figured out some way to do it. They weren't at all interested. Uh, and then the next area, health. And I know our schools have tried to teach health over the years. Holy cow, have they screwed that up. What a joke. They'd be better off not teaching anything at all. My God, you try to teach health and then send kids to lunch and see what we're feeding them. What a joke that is. So those are all the things I actually really like to focus on. Some really basic stuff about life, the stuff we need to know every day. If we understood how to manage our money, wouldn't our life be much better? If we understood, really, truly understood how to be healthy without consulting a doctor, because doctors will not make you healthy. Doctors will keep you sick the rest of your life. Why don't we teach these things? Seems to me like they should be the core of our education system. We should be teaching all of this right alongside math and science. And instead, we're teaching, you know, gender studies and, you know, woke bullshit. It's getting worse instead of better. And it's really sad. But here we can decide what we're going to talk about. So my idea, to get back to my idea, and like I said, I just thought about this, so I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking that if I take all of September, it's the 1st of September, and I write opens for all of October and I write the opens based on those things, those, those really basic things that we should all understand. Our life would be so much better if we did. And then, and be able to put it together kind of in order, you know, start to finish. Here is a month to really focus on the things that will help you live your best life. Clear, uh, understanding politics has done nothing for me as far as living a better life. It's just kind of one of those things I kind of feel like I have to do for myself because I do need to understand what's going on in the country, but I, I don't enjoy it. I don't think it adds much to my life. It's unfortunate that politics have become such a big part of our life. I wish we could turn that around. I wish we could go back to a, a much, much smaller government that doesn't have so much control that we're constantly talking about it. But I don't know how to do that. I do know how to teach people how to live a better life. And maybe maybe I can put something together for the month of October. And then I, if I can, if I can put together a program I really like. Let's see, what how many shows do I need opens for? Uh, Monday, I need an open. Tuesday is about maintenance. Wednesday is about health. So health, I would fit in all those opens through Wednesday. So I have Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Friday, we could focus on on business and efficiency, so I could write opens for that. Um, on Tuesdays, I could do an open where we focus on the benefits of really having a good maintenance program. So I'm thinking I could do, I could make every day fit into this. 
So that means I'd have roughly 20 opens I need to write. So I have a month to come up with 20 good logical opens uh, having to do with just living a better life. So business, money, health, it's all the stuff we talk about anyway, but maybe I'll take a month and put it into uh, a chronological order that really makes sense. And then with our app, we could also put those shows aside so they're always easy to go back to. I'm starting to like this idea. I'm thinking out loud, so who knows? I may wake up tomorrow and go, boy, that was a stupid idea. We'll see. Um, But you guys came through because now I have about 100 phone calls I have to get to. So uh, I'm pretty sure we'll just spend the rest of the day now on calls. Uh, I actually, well, let's just get to the phone calls. Let's get started in Tennessee today. Audie, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. Nice, nice to finally get my my phone hooked up so I can listen to you. Well, there you go. Really enjoying it. Good. Uh, yeah, you were talking about uh, school, teaching business in school, or you know, money in school and stuff. I graduated in '77, and they were just starting to get to the new math and do all this, starting to change the stuff. But we had, you know, industrial arts and had. Uh, home back, you know, the guys usually they home back that was supposed you know, usually girls, but I guess I wish I could have quarter took it, would have learned a few things. But they taught in that class, they taught the girls how to balance checkbooks and, and take care of home. They don't do that anymore. They ought to have something like a, uh, you know, a, a, a basic math, uh, uh, home, home math class or something like that to teach that stuff. And I think, uh, you know, put a plug for somebody else, like David Ramsey, or, uh, Dave Ramsey has a thing that's really getting popular in some schools, and I think that's helping a lot. That's, you know, Dave Ramsey is certainly in a good position to try to pull that off, and I know he's been trying for years, and, and it's a struggle. You would think this was so easy if you show up at a school and say, hey, here's some really important stuff. We've got a program to help teach it. They don't want to hear it. So it's not easy. Now, you know, getting into more uh, private schools, charter schools, things like that, you will see programs. And you're right. You know, in the 50s and 60s, it was, uh, you know, we that's kind of when the whole idea of kind of industrial arts classes, woodworking, metalworking, um, started to become more popular. Then we did have the kind of home ex style classes. Honestly, in high school, I did everything I could just to skate by with the least amount of work possible. I mean, that was my whole goal. School for me was about sports and, you know, social interaction. I could care less about the school part of it. So I was trying to skate by as easy as I could. So I did take woodworking and metal shop and home ec and foods and advanced foods and advanced foods too. And uh, just about every one of those classes I could take and still get away with it and graduate. And I barely skate got by by the skin of my teeth yeah, I, but those kind of know, programs I, have almost disappeared yeah I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense you know it's there anymore it's gotten if they're indoctrinating they want to teach people what to think and not how to think and well, it, yeah it, we 
doesn't make any sense, really. No, that's another good point. Not only are we not teaching the best material we should be teaching, the stuff that's really important every day, but we also should be teaching how to learn things, and we don't. All we do is teach to a test, and we have kids memorize things. That's why teachers love standardized tests. It's simple. Here's the test. Yeah, Here's the goal. Just, just yeah. get higher scores on the test. And all they do is just keep pushing memorization. Memorize this. We have a test next week. We want you to get the highest score possible. We're not really checking to see if anybody's actually learning anything. And they're not. You don't learn through memorization. Right. I, people, people mistakenly no, think that I have a good memory. I have a horrible memory. Really, ask anybody that has to live or work around me. I forget the stupidest things all the time. Because memory is not reliable unless you train your memory to be reliable. And I don't want to. I don't really want to put a lot of work into raw memory where we have a list. There's all kinds of tricks. I've read books on this. You know, there are people that can remember a a number with 137 digits in it, and they can memorize it in 30 seconds. There's all kinds of tricks for stuff like that. The problem for me is there's so much data. Why would I want to just memorize a bunch of stuff? Hell, I can look it up on my phone when I need to know the data. So to me, memorizing is not really all that valuable of a skill. But people say, but wait a minute, you must have a great memory. You remember all that stuff about money and food and, you know, business and taxes and fuel mileage and rolling resistance and all those things you talk about. How do you remember all that if you don't have a good memory? Well, it's not that I remember it. It's that I know it. There is a big, big difference between knowing something and memorizing something. Once you know it, you know, we have the saying, it's like riding a bike. You you don't forget things you know. You might get a little rusty. You might have to go back to it. But you don't forget those things because you know them. That's different than memorizing them. Yeah, and, and a big thing is, you know, the phones have made it easy. You know, it used to be if you knew where you could go look for information at, in different books and stuff like that, you're, you were doing, you would do okay. I mean, I knew a guy that he taught himself to be a microscopist that's uh, calibrating and working on electron microscopes and stuff. And he said he doesn't know really that much about it, but he knows where he can go find the information to, to, uh, and he can learn how to do it. Well, and that's let, what he did. He did pretty good at it. Let's think about learning because somebody would look at him and go, oh, well, he's not a real mice. My, I can't even say the word that he figured out how to be on his own. My, <laughs> my, whatever the hell that word my, my, I still can't say it. Uh, whatever the hell the word is. Um, he, why is that different So somebody out there has that knowledge in their head. I could either go to that person and take a class or go to college or whatever, and I could learn that information. And somehow people see that as legitimate. But what if those same people that know all that stuff write it down in a book? 
And I decide, hell, why do I have to go to college? Uh, there's a book out there. There's a course. There's 10 books out there. There's 100 books out there. What if I read those books and I learn all the same stuff? For some reason, when you're self-taught, people don't think it's as legitimate. When it comes to yeah, most of yeah, what I yeah, know, that, that paper. most of what I know, I'm completely self-taught. I didn't take any classes on taxes. I just figured out how to do it. I, most of it, I mean, I clearly I've taken some classes on nutrition, but I've read way more books. But somehow people will say, oh, uh, what, you got that on the Internet. I don't care where I got it. If I have the knowledge and I know how to do something and I get results, who cares how I got the knowledge? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, just, it's just crazy that people think you got to, do this and this and this, or we're not going to recognize that information or your knowledge. Yeah, we're, unless you have that piece of paper. We're we're so wrapped up into those initials we can put behind our name. Um, I have a bunch of them. I never use them. Most of them aren't even legitimate anymore because I don't pay for the privilege of using them. You know, I, I, I went through the whole CFP program. I did really well, passed the exam the first time, scored well, all of that. And But in order for me, now I have the knowledge, and I haven't lost that knowledge. I've gotten better at it over the years because I continue to study it. But I won't pay the CFP board $1,500 a year and do all their you know, continuing education bullshit that most people just pencil whip anyway and never learn anything. I, I, I why, why yeah. would I do that? Just so I can put some initials at the end of my name. Yeah. And then that's why a lot of the, the organizations and stuff. It's, if, if you don't pay us this amount of money, you know, you can't practice this or can't practice that. And it's the way with a lot of places. I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, there are some things that you want, it, it's more of a, people want to know that you have that, so they think that you can, they can trust you, but I think there's a lot of people that have that and aren't worth trusting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, have those type of things. Yeah. All right, Audie, good uh, talking to you. Kind of change, change, oh. kind of change. Okay, go All ahead. Alrighty. No, go, to, no, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. All right, well, I just want, I've got a I've got a Garmin watch, and I'm just kind of wondering. I haven't figured out how to update it. It's still the, the, the four point whatever it is. It's not the new. I tried updating the other day, but I couldn't figure out how to get it updated to get the new with the HRV on it. You know what I would recommend? Um, we're going to try to get some more resources together on this. Uh, it's one of our projects, but I would call their tech support. As far my watch is always updated on its own. I don't know that I, I don't remember ever setting it to update on its own. I thought that was just the default. Okay. Well, maybe it, I, I've been having trouble getting my gar- the, the navigation Garmin hooked up to the, stay hooked up to the phone and the camera and stuff. It just seems like it's cutting in and out all the time. And I guess, I guess I'll have to try that, go to their support and try yeah, to figure something out. Yeah, I would. It, you know, it, it, one of two things for me again this goes back to just how i'd like to learn i 
like to read and dig and figure things out myself because then I know them. You know, many times, think about what our phone and our GPS has done to us. Our phone, nobody remembers anybody's phone number anymore. And I... Oh, no kidding. That's for sure. I used to be shocked at how many phone numbers I knew by heart. I know none Uh now. Lisa's maybe is the only one I know. (laughs) I don't even know my own sons or daughters. I, I don't know their phone numbers. I, why yeah, would it took I? me a long time to remember my wife's phone number. <laughs> yeah. Never called it. It's like trying to remember your own phone number. You don't call, so you can't. <laughs> yeah, you so, give it out a lot, you don't use it. And, yeah, in, in some ways you could say, well, because of that device, we've gotten weaker. Well, not really. I'm kind of glad I don't have to remember a bunch of things like that anymore. Like, what was so bi- what was so important about being able to remember it? I, who ca- again, that's a memorization kind of thing. If the phone will do it for me, yeah, uh, you know, and then somebody will say, "What are you going to do if you don't have your phone?" Well, if I don't have my phone, how am I going to call anybody anyway? <laughs> There's no pay phones around. It's yeah. not like you're going to stop yeah. at a pay phone and call somebody. So, you know, I <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with the fact that I don't have to remember a bunch of phone numbers. It frees up brain cells for me to do other things with. Yeah, it's like everything else. If you're doing something regular uh, and a steady, something you're doing all the time, you remember the stuff that you need to to do exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. And exactly. Whatever. If you got a job like carpenters, uh, you remember fractions and you know how to you know do stuff like that. It's just anything yeah. you do regular, you remember. Yeah, speaking of which, and speaking of our school system, something else. I remember it was like the third or fourth grade. They told us we were going to convert to the metric system, and we spent a year screwing around with it, and then it just went away. I wish we would have finished that. Why didn't we? We had our chance to break away from that screwy English system that's been around forever that makes no sense and replace it with a system that makes absolute sense, so much easier to calculate everything in metric, and we didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably like a lot of things. It's follow the money and, somebody had. And now you know, what Now what we end up with. By not going, yeah. yeah. Now what we end up with is a mix of both. We, we use a lot of metrics. Yep. You know, what we got away from identifying car engines by cubic inches we now do it by liters that's a five liter engine yep. no it's not it's a 302 cubic inch i, <laughs> I know what I, you mean, I know what you one mean. of the and things like that mechanics tools too oh yeah i mean you gotta have both sets you do have to have both sets and sometimes it's hard to figure out which one it really is does this 13 millimeter fit that bolt better or does this 916 fit it better sometimes you can't even tell Hell, if it's a, yeah, if it's a 13 and a half inch, you're the same. You can use those interchangeable. Exactly. And what is That's it, the one I meant. Half inch, yeah. I mean, yeah, some of them are almost yeah. identical. Some of them are off just enough that if you're not paying attention, you'll probably round off the nut. Yeah, or if you've got one that's rounded off, you can use the metric because it's a little bit smaller. That's right. <laughs> you <can> get loose. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut no, you loose because the, uh, the phones are piling up on me here, and I asked for them, so we're going to get to it. We're off to Illinois. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, so 
yesterday on your health show, you were talking a lot about sleep and stress and everything like that. Um, and, and the Garmin watch and all that. Well, I'm not a driver. Um, I'm a, I'm a firefighter paramedic. Okay. And we work 24 hour shifts. And so we're on duty for 24 hours and I, I don't even want to know what my stress level and body battery and all that kind of stuff is. If, if I'm up for 24 hours for so, running stressful calls, how, yeah. how do I combat that? Well, you know, this is going to be similar to what I'm going to try to figure out when I decide to tackle this whole sleep thing. Some of the biggest um, struggles we're facing are with team drivers. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping the stress protocol is going to help, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. When when you're on these weird, you know, goofy schedules where you're basically working around the clock uh, and sleeping at odd times, it, I don't know how we're going to overcome some of that. The human body was just not designed for that, and we didn't evolve that way. We evolved being active when the sun was out and being very inactive when it was dark. So there's the first change. When you Mm -hmm. think about that, think about some of the places in the world uh, where I live, for example. Hell, when we get into the middle of winter, the days are really, really short. You wake up and it's dark. You, you know... Before you know it, it's dark again. Um, And that's just not natural. We would have been very inactive during those times because you couldn't do anything. You couldn't see anything until we had lights. And that changed everything. And I'm not sure, other than doubling down on the nutrition and doubling down on the stress protocol and just doing, you know, being more strict about it and doing it more, I'm not sure what the answer to the sleep issue is going to be for people who are on these screwy schedules. All right. All right. So, so you're working on it, maybe something like that. Yeah. I'm thinking about it and trying to find some sort of a solution, but I've done, you know, years worth of reading about sleep and I haven't come across any solutions yet. I'm hoping that when I make it a project the way I did stress, you know, I could say I had been working on stress for years. I didn't come up with any of these breakthroughs. I had to say, this is what I'm working on. This is all I'm going to work on. And because of COVID and I broke my hand, it kept getting extended, which actually turned out to be a good thing. You know, I, I, I got to the point where I thought, you know what? I'm not going to rush this thing anymore. I'm just going to take my time and do it right. And then the breakthrough started coming. So I'm hoping right now I look at sleep and go, I don't even know why I'm bothering with this project. I've read everything I can read. I've found all the material I can find. And I don't have any answers yet. So it almost seems like all a right. waste of time. But I could have said the same thing about stress. And I, I you know did the deep dive and figured it out and came up with some breakthroughs. I'm hoping something happens like that with sleep. All right. So just, just keep up with the keto and and do the best you can do right now. Do all the other things you can do that, that we know make you healthier and then your body will at least be able to deal with those stressors better. I gotcha. All right. I will, I will keep listening and, and, Keep doing these protocols and see what happens. There you go. Thanks for the call. And you know what? It's it's when I'm doing these 
protocols and I'm working on them and I'm talking about them that we get feedback every day from people. And that's when I'll release that. I still believe I'm going to make some more breakthroughs on the stress as we get feedback from other people. And then we'll do the dive into sleep and see what we can figure out there. Let's keep going with the phone calls here. We're going to head off to Indiana. Jeff, welcome to the program. Yeah, I've been um, doing uh, stuff with the uh, Boy Scouts for about the last 20 years, and they have in their requirement of making a budget, going shopping, seeing how much it costs for each each person. Um, and then also there's America Edge for Eagle is called personal management, where they have to track their income and their outgo and, and kind of you know, set up a, a credit union banking type account. And then I teach them, you know, how to balance a checkbook. And That's awesome. They, yeah. And I've been doing this about 20 years and I have some kids now that are, you know, mid twenties that came up when I do see them, they thank me and go, we never learned this in school. I wouldn't have known how to do a, a budget or a checkbook. And that's their only, only interaction because their parents don't, do that well do you know why their parents don't do it simple to me it makes me sad because they they were never taught they're not confident enough i mean they manage to get by and they pay their bills and but they're not confident enough to teach this to their kids they don't know how to teach it they weren't taught it they just had to figure it out themselves no and you know if we were to if you know here's the goofy thing about our school system Who's really in charge of it? Like, why do we have a Department of Education at the federal government level? What the hell do they do? Yeah, I screw things up usually. But if I were to take whoever is in charge of that department, I don't even know who it is. I know, what's it, Betsy DeVos used to be, I think. Who knows? Because who knows what the hell they do? Now, the person we hear more from about education, I think, who has way more power in education is Randy Weingarten from the teachers union. She has all kinds of power. We hear from her all the time. I'd love to take those two that are technically kind of in charge of the school system across the country. And I want to ask them, why don't you teach these things? What answer could they possibly give you? Some of the most important things in life, we don't well, they, teach them at all. They can't. They can't give you the real reason why they don't. That makes you independent and a self-thinker, and that is bad in the liberal democratic genre in education. You can't oh. think for yourself because you won't need them. Oh, you won't need them. You're right. They they can't say that out loud, though. Oh hell no. I mean, what I learned, you know, firsthand with with uh, some things, you know, working not for profits or government things is, if you don't spend all your budget, <laughs> you can't ask for more next year. Well, I guess it's if, a if good, yeah. I guess it's a good thing we don't have those people teaching our kids. Although that seems to be, you know, the model anyway. Spend all the money you have and then go borrow some more. Yeah. 
yeah, if you save ten percent in your 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 fiscal budget, how can you ask for more next time? Well, you didn't <laughs> right. know what we exactly. gave you. Why would you need more? Right. You yeah. know, so you have to run out. You have to run out December first, and then ask for a, 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 a you know next year's to come a month early. And oh, they must really need their 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 increase. You know. Yeah. Now, just just think about all the basic life things that people struggle with. Why? None of these things are complicated. Well, not to you and me, but the majority of people just kind of go through life. They 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 work. They pay their rent, and by the end of the their life, they owe as much as they did when they were twenty, when they were seventy. Yeah, they 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 never gotten further ahead because they just got through life without you know i don't know it, it you know the saddest sad. part about this though the saddest part and there are many parts of the world many many parts of the world that if you were unfortunate enough to be born there you don't have any of those opportunities your life is going to be a struggle no. and there's not a whole lot you can do about it if you were just unlucky enough to be born somewhere on the other hand if you were lucky enough to be born here in this country you have every opportunity any human being has ever had on this planet and we squander it oh yeah i it, it just you know amazes me it's like how can you just not be successful or at least not in poverty and be just middle class with all the opportunity for you to do anything you want. This is America. Yeah. And by being successful, it doesn't mean you have to have a million dollar house and a huge 401k. Success isn't always about money and finances. It's what about the, again, let's look at other countries. Some people have no choice, but to spend the majority of their day trying to make sure they eat. They're carrying water you know, for miles to make sure they have water. That's their day. They have no choice. It's just enough to survive and get by. So I'm not saying you have to use your opportunity to become Jeff Bezos. What if you used your opportunity to just make enough money to live where and how you want to live, and then you spend a lot of your time either helping other people or golfing, Whatever the hell you want to do. Why, yeah. why with every resource we have in this country, why are so many people still so miserable? I just think it's just they generation after generation. I mean, look at the welfare system since, you know, instituted, you know, after World War II, there are great grandchildren that are still in the system from when their parents were. They've never gotten out. They've never had the opportunity or been taught or even to strive for, for going forward and getting, because it's, you know, the old cartoon from whatever cartoon it was, bad luck, slip rock, and had the rain cloud (laughs) over his head. They think that everybody's out, everybody's out to get them and they're never going to get ahead. So they don't ever even try. Yeah. That's that's all they've been taught. It's only the government can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Good old government indoctrination. Yeah. Your mother and your grandparents were on welfare. You'll always be on welfare and there's nothing you can do about it. So just sit back and just, you know, take the government money and get by what you need enough. And then 
never strive. And then they have their children are raised in the same way, you know, and then, you know, they're, 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 these people are grandparents by the time they're in their thirties. Yeah. You know, at 18 and 18, 36. So then, you know, another 18 and, you, you know, know, when you're a great, you're a great grandmother by the time you're, you're not even 50. Yeah. You know, it, it, when I say I'm tired of the news and I'm tired of bad news and I, really kind of am and I want to take a break from it I I think how could we turn this around we know where we are in this country it's not a good place right now how could we really turn this around and can we when you look at democracies in history they all kind of follow the same pattern and unfortunately we're following that pattern and we're not in a good place but I don't want to give up how do we change it and the only way I can think and it's really really long-term thinking unfortunately but it's our only choice. I don't think there's any quick fix to this. We, it's taken us decades to get here. No. It's going to take us decades to turn it around. And I think we have to focus on our schools and what we teach. Well, I don't think you're ever going to even get that door even able to be knocked on. But there was a guy, I forget when under what administration, but they said it was a recession. We were in a recession and the guy said, well, I choose not to participate in it. So it doesn't affect, recessions don't affect everybody. And you can let it, you can choose to be in it and be all worried and then not spend any money or not at your local place. And that exacerbates the whole, you know, situation. Or you could just go live your life like it was pre-pandemic and go on from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and If we do the right things in our personal life, which is what I'm talking about here, if we would just teach kids these basic skills, what was I saying in 2017 and 2018? What did I start saying? I've been saying it ever since. The recession's coming. We know it's coming. It always does. This one looks like it could get bad. You need to focus on one thing. You need to pay down debt. You need to save cash. And if you did that, you could now choose not to participate in this recession. But if you didn't, if you're scraping by month to month (laughs) and you're in debt, you may not have a choice on whether or not you participate in this recession. Well, you're the one that's always said anybody, almost anybody can make it when it's five dollars a mile but exactly those guys will drop out when it when it drops back down to two and a half and then you know they just weren't prepared they didn't do the That's hard it. work like you said and and a lot of it is because they don't know what that even means right You know, it's not like they looked at it and said, oh, look, if I do all of these things, here will be my result. If I understand my money and I manage my money and I make some sacrifices and I don't just blow it. And I'm not saying you should never spend money and enjoy it either. There's a balance in there somewhere. You know, being a miser and hoarding everything is not enjoyable. I'm not recommending that. But I can promise you that over the last four or five years that I've been saying this, pay down debt and save cash. We were doing it and it's not like we locked ourselves in the house and said, we're not going to spend any money. We just 
we were reasonable about the how much money do we make you should know that number how much are we going to spend how much are we going to save how much are we going to invest and it you if you just set that up and you focus on it it's pretty easy and then it's just a matter of time and the longer you do that the better you are off you become financially and at this point who cares if there's a recession it's not going to be that big of a deal yeah no i know i i know guys like i'm driving a a 2014 buick and could i go and get a Mercedes or an Audi or a Lexus? Sure. But that means I won't have the money and I'm getting to work just fine in my eight-year-old Buick. Yeah, but you, I, I'm your age. I'm, 50, I'm 58. I don't need to impress anybody. I don't give a shit what you think about me. Isn't it nice I'll when drive you, my car because it gets me to and from. Isn't it nice when you get to that place in life, too? You know, don't don't you remember free and be, you know, you know, for guys, especially if we're into cars and I certainly was and motorcycles and boats. And, you know, I remember in my 20s where I just thought I had to have that stuff so bad. Like I just wanted that stuff, you know, boy, I wish I could afford to buy that or that or it's never enough. If I could afford to buy this boat, but boy, I really wish I could afford to buy the one with the bigger engine. I've been through that. I'm to the point now where I could buy any of those things if I wanted, but I don't. I realize they're just not that important anymore. Yeah, I mean, back in my 20s, I had a friend who got a Corvette. You know, it was the older one, and he fixed it up. And my uncle had given me a 78 Pinto because <laughs> I needed a car, so he gave it to me. Hey, hey. It got me to it. Got me to it. There, there, yeah. there was an ulterior motive. I don't think he liked you. Remember those things exploded when they got hit in the back? Yes. <laughs> well, mine did. I got hit in the back, but it didn't explode. But yeah. <laughs> so we were at a party one time, and his Corvette wouldn't start. And he'd always made fun of me because I drove a Pinto, and you know, I was four, and you know, he had this Corvette. Well, his wouldn't start, and he asked him for a ride. I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> I said, my, my piece of shit Pinto starts. I said, my hey, Pinto starts and yours doesn't. Fix your damn Corvette. I had the General Motors version of the Pinto. What? Which was that? Uh, uh, is that the Pacer? Uh, no. Or the Gremlin? That, no, those are American Motors. General Motors. Oh, America. Okay. The Vega. Which was that? I had a Vega. Oh. That was... Now, when we were in high school... My my grandmother gave us my mom and dad a Pontiac Ventura. Oh yeah! So I drove that to high school, and my buddy had a Chevy Nova and an old Vega. They were exactly the same. Remember when GM made the exact same thing? Only one said Pontiac and Oldsmobile. Oh, Chevy. And it, yeah, it, they it, were all three. All three were exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah, the trim changed, and that was about it. Yeah. If because there were guys that were old, old guys. I only drive Oldsmobiles. I only drive Pontiacs. You <laughs> know, right. and they said, well, we'll make, this, we'll make the Nova and slap a different sticker on it. Yeah, Pontiac Le Mans was exactly the same as a Chevy Chevelle. Mm-hmm. And the Buick Skylark, right. I think. And I had both. I actually had a Buick <laughs> Skylark and a Pontiac Le Mans. 
All right. I'm going to so, roll, roll along here. The calls are piling up. We're going to head off to South Carolina. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. What's on your mind today? Hang on. Let me get this noisy drop. Uh, schools. I'm, I, uh, I may offend some people, but I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. It's not the school's responsibility to get the kid to school, and it's not the school's responsibility to feed the kid. And I don't know why you do that in this country. It's stupid, but it's the way you do it. It is. It is. So, it is I agree. Not yeah. only is it stupid that we... But, now, look, I, I kind of understand that when you're at school for a full day, there has to be at least time for lunch, but you don't have to have this, these huge lunch programs the way we have them now. And now we're feeding them breakfast yeah. because we say they're not getting enough food at home. So now we have them coming in early and we're feeding them breakfast. So, yeah, we're, we're feeding them and indoctrinating them. We're not really teaching them the stuff they should be taught. Yeah. You eat this because it's good for you because we said so. It's low <laughs> fat. You're right. Yeah. 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 And, here's, and here's your donut. Yeah. Here's your uh, yeah. here's your Lucky Charms and orange juice and a donut because that's better than bacon and eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, on the news the other day when I was at home and they they were talking about the, I think it was the. the I don't know if they called it the Italian or the Spanish Stonehenge. That oh yeah, I saw that. Oh look, we've got it. Yeah, so and it's like, so I was thinking, they probably built it when it was above water level, right? So then, as time changed, and because I, I don't think they had aqualungs and all that good stuff way back. Seven, no, they didn't. Years ago or whatever that's, it was. That's right. So, so, so they built it when it was above water level, and then things changed, and the what? water level came up, and here we are. Wait, wait a minute. Thousand years later, wait. and oh look, the water level's gone back down. Wait a minute. How did it change? We didn't have fossil fuels back then. We weren't burning yep. a bunch of coal and oil. How did the climate change? I don't know. They must have Democrats back then. It, it, do we not even think of the obvious stuff like that? At some point, this was this piece of land was not underwater. It wasn't even close to being underwater. If it was, nobody would have put all this work yep. into building whatever the hell they built there. So clearly at that point, mm -hmm. there was no water around here. And, and then there was. Yep. Well, wait a minute. What changed? Yeah. Who knows? And now Mr. we're back to the water's not around there anymore, but we're acting like we're all going to die because of it. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So um, a previous caller mentioned about the metric system. Yes. I guess I'm fairly lucky because when I actually started school, we were still on feet and inches. Oh, were you really? My father was. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, you're kind of a... a Sort of a British English colony I'm a, I'm kind of a thing. Hybrid. That's right. I'm a hybrid. I'm a hybrid. Yeah. So, but then it changed to metric. But my first year at school, it, they were talking about it. It was still feet and inches. And my father was a carpenter, so he worked in feet and inches. And then we changed to metric. And then my 
first job, my first full-time job, no, my second full-time job out of school, I worked in a lumber yard and, you know, the old guys, they'd come in and they were still feet and inches and then the young people, they were metric and then the guys that were my age, they were the hybrid, they'd mix up the two. I need a piece of two by four at 2.4 metres long. <laughs> so you had metric and imperial in the same. No, that's where that's yeah. kind of what I was laughing about when he was talking about this because yesterday uh, I'm probably going to talk about this tomorrow in my open because it'll be fun to talk with John and Joel about some of this stuff. But um, I went out yesterday for my first official wing foiling session. The day before, I was flying the wing out on the water, but I was just using my stand-up paddleboard. Uh, so yesterday was the first time I took the new foil out, uh, the new board, the wing. Uh, we had crazy. It's in the repair shop. Now. It's in the repair shop already. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the same advice I give to owner operators: find a good shop and build a relationship. I've already here's here's yeah. the crazy thing about Hood River, the town. It's 20 minutes away. That's where I went because they have great launch sites. And I mean, I could walk right out in the river in front of my house here and go do this, but um, somebody would probably have to come yep. pick me up down at the dam. So I went to Hood River and um, here's, here's how big these types of sports are in Hood River. Um, do you know of anywhere in the town where you live where you could pull up to some place, open up a locker outdoors, stick your kite in there with a repair form, and the next day you get an email uh, with an estimate? I mean, there, there's shops like that in Hood River. I dropped my kite yeah. or my wing off yesterday. Um, dropped it off, fill out the form. Oh, okay. They're going to fix it. I tore the hell out of it, too. Holy cow. Um, just bought it. I mean, Sometimes the entertainment even... is expensive. <laughs> well, I made yeah. the comment yesterday. I'm like, I'm kind of liking this. I used to have to buy a $60,000 boat, and then I used to have to put gas in it, and I used to have to fix it, and I had to trailer it. And I'm like, look, I just spent a bunch of money on equipment, but I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm not done. Well, my second day, it's already in the repair shop. Um, but yeah, but you still got the sixty grand that you would have spent on the boat. True, <laughs> true. So I'm looking yeah. at the board the board that you stand on and every piece of this, the wing, the foil, the board, the front foil, the back, it's all really, really technical sizes and shapes. And uh, so I'm looking at this board and talk about mixed measurements. The first measurement tells me how long the board is five feet, 11 inches. The second measurement gives me the the area of the board in centimeters square centimeters and then i get the overall size of the board in liters yeah what are you gonna do with that i know yeah you're right it sounds like a tire like what the hell are all these numbers and measurements for but honestly, yeah, like the one that the, the one that's easiest to understand when I'm trying to figure out a board, what board do I need? Do I want it longer? Do I want it wider? Do I want it thicker? Um, the one measurement that tells me what I need to know, and I can visualize it, 115 liters. That's the volume of yep. the whole board. That tells me a lot. And liters are easy. 
and they're even easier because now all I have to do in my head is think, okay, if this is a hundred, if this board has the volume of 115 liters, all I have to do is visualize 57 two-liter bottles. There you go. And when I did that, I thought, wow, there's a lot of volume on this board. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, what a crazy bunch um, of measurements on there. Yeah. But uh, so that previous caller that mentioned metric, and he said, you can use the 13 millimeter on the half inch. (laughs) Yes, sometimes you can, but it's actually not the same size because a half inch is 12.52 millimeters. Uh, well, and yeah. it, it really many times comes down to which style of socket. Is it a 12-point, a 6-point? Because sometimes one will fit, but the other yeah, one won't. Yeah, whether it fits or not. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm, right, that's all I got today. All that's right, fine. that's all I need. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Indiana. Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um you know, when I a lot of the shows I don't listen live because I'm busy, so I try to listen to the you know later on, and yeah. I, I need to start making notes because you know I want to call in and talk about <laughs> something I heard, and then you show forget. Two, and I was like, man, I forgot. I know. Yeah, I know. But I, um, I'm heading over. I'm in Indiana. I'm heading over to Streetsboro, Ohio. That's where you uh, used to run, isn't it? That's where I lived. I lived there the first 18 years of my life. Well, there you go. Yeah. Where are you going? Your old, old town. Where are you going? Um, uh, some uh, North Coast Industrial Services on Ethan Avenue. Yep. I got two big blocks of scrap aluminum. I know right where you're going. You'll be within, you'll go yep. by one of the houses I lived in by about a mile and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Don't deliver till tomorrow. Had to be there, but two wasn't going to happen. So, which is fine because I don't reload till tomorrow anyway. So, I'm just uh, loafing along on the. There you go. Where are you reloading out of? Turnpike. Uh, shingles down in where the heck is it? Do uh, do somewhere south of there, going to Texas. Okay. All right. I Probably. forget. Marion? Madison? I can't remember. Mansfield? Anyway, um, that might be it. Begins with an M, so there you pick, go. pick a city with an M in Ohio. <laughs> That's, That's right. All right. Um, yeah, they're just all the school thing, you know, just kind of, I'm, I'm glad my daughter's out of school. She Me too. homeschooled the last few years and got her diploma so i I could crazy i could tell you this without a doubt if i had kids in school today i don't care kindergarten through high school if i had kids in school today i would do whatever i had to do to homeschool them there's no way i would send my kids to school today well um all right the truck in question there this might have been more better for pittsburgh power but You've heard people call up, want to know about truck been setting for a few years, what to do to fire it up and whatnot. And, you know, I'm into a lot of old TV shows from way back in the 80s. Yeah. 
the uh, screen-used semi from Knight Rider, season three and four. Okay. The one that had the fake sleeper. The guys that I'm friends with, uh, they, they call them themselves the Knight Rider historians. They got two screen-used cars, and they found the semi with, with some of my help. And I helped get the thing running. The truck had been sitting in Idaho for 15 years. Okay. What year is this but truck? It only has 84. It's an 84. The okay. GMC General. 400 <laughs> Cummins Big Camp. Yep. I thing had, only has like 300,000 miles on it. I had an 85 Astro with a 400 uh, Big Camp in it. So virtually almost the same truck, really. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've got two generals because I'm doing a season one replica, okay. which was the day cab yeah. general. And then I got the 85s, got the B model cat. But anyway, the truck runs beautiful. I mean, you you fire it up, it runs and drives. Just it's it's. But they're they're going to take it to uh, a shop and have them do maintenance, I guess, oil, you know, all the fluids and whatnot. And a lot of guys are commenting because they got a YouTube channel. A lot of guys are commenting they should do an in-frame. It's going to be leaking. And uh, Idaho is not really that bad of an, uh, a climate. No. I'm just no. curious if they should I- drop the pan, check the liners for any condensation, scoring, uh you know, because uh, I mean, I'm thinking they're sitting what for that long. It, what will this truck be you know, doing? I mean, it's a restoration. I can't imagine no, we're putting it, it, it out to work, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It, it won't haul any freight. Uh, it'll get taken to shows. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not exactly. going to be. I mean, it, Look, you know, he, it, it, here's the thing. If this were me. Um, I might do a, a blow-by test. I might pull the pan down and look at bearings. Uh, but honestly, even if I found, well, I might roll a set of bearings into it because it's cheap if it needed bearings. I'm not doing an in-frame on a truck like this. There's just no way. Uh, unless we, we determine that without an in-frame, this thing isn't even going to make it to shows. And I, I, I just can't believe that's the case. I don't care if it uses a gallon of oil every 4,000 miles. Who cares? I don't care if it's leaking oil out of certain places. Most engines, honestly, after they've been sitting, they don't leak any more than any other engine. Really, I mean, I that is that's really, really old school thinking. Even these trucks from the '80s, the, the stuff held up really well. But let's say we have a couple leaks on the engine. We're taking this thing to shows. It's about all we're doing with it. Drive it to the show. Get out your brake cleaner and a couple rags and clean off the spots before the show. My God, I'm not going to go spend yeah, thirty thousand dollars and chase that. a bunch of parts around to rebuild this thing. You know all those people that are though, when, all those uh, people that are commenting. You should do an in frame. Maybe they should pitch in for the cost of it. Some of the comments, I, I I crack up at some of them because you you 
the people there and they're truck drivers because they say, Oh, I drive a truck and uh, you yeah. need to do this. And yeah. <laughs> let, it, let, it's really funny. But let's think about this, Danny, you know, these and, and how authentic they can be. And, and isn't that the goal here? You're building one. Don't you want that thing to be as authentic as possible, as close to that original as possible? Isn't that really the goal? Of course. So why wouldn't I spend that $30,000 making this thing really authentic and as close to original as possible? Who cares if the engine has a couple leaks in it? Uh, and that's what I told them, because everybody's saying, you know, that's, and so I go and put my two cents, because the guys that are, that act, you know, the two historians there, or three, wherever you want to, they, they're not truck guys, you know, they know cars. Right. So they, you know, right. my, my, my part in all this is helping with, you know, the info, the parts, and I'm the driver. So there you go. Uh, that was pretty exciting to, you know, to yeah. drive a, yeah, they, they, it was, it was funny is, is when we first, when we first got the thing running out in, uh, they, they brought it into Iowa. I went and picked it up, took it to Pennsylvania and it's a 13 speed. Well, all the mice that were living in this thing, they chewed <laughs> the airlines for the splitters and it was stuck in high range. Oh boy. But I got it running. Yeah. And I'm running up and down a gravel road about 50 miles an hour. I got flat tires on the back, and we're just. <laughs> and I was amazed at how well that thing ran. And exactly. Drove. They do. It, it is pretty shocking but, how long we can let these things sit anymore, and they don't really have a lot of problems. Here's part of what I mean about people that. We never taught people to think, so they react with their experience, and that's all they know. And you, you said the, these guys are truck guys. They're used to a truck that you pull freight with and make money, and they think if it's time for an in-frame, you have to do an in-frame. Well, but that's not what we're doing with this truck. Stop and think about the purpose of the truck. And the purpose of the truck, hell, all we care about yeah, that engine is it, it gets us a couple hundred miles to a show and gets us back. There were people, because this truck had been, uh, previous owner had, because originally this truck come with the Ryko Spring Ride, which is probably what your Astro had. Oh, absolutely. And that thing would pound your molars out. <laughs> well, they, this truck had been, somebody had put uh, uh, air. Well, yeah. they wanted their this truck is going back to as it was exactly nineteen eighty six. That's, that's the, the point. Spring ride, right. right? Everybody's telling them, "Oh, you should leave the air ride. Oh, You're going to hate please. that spring ride." Above us, like the, again, I, they're I not up thinking. They don't know how to think. <laughs> the point of this truck I know. is to make it as original as possible. That's the goal. And guess you what? Get, let, let's let's take it one step further. Guess what my Astro with the big Kim Cummins had? Guess what it had? It had several oil leaks. Who cares? So if we want to make hey, it as I'll, original my, as possible, most of them had some oil leaks. I'll, every truck I've got, engine leaks oil. Exactly. 
It, it's, you know, it's different if you were building a show truck competition show. Well, even then, you know, you spend so much time when you get to the show cleaning that thing. Many of those show trucks probably have oil leaks all over the engine. They just get cleaned up really well before the show. Yep. Well, I just yeah. I, I tell figured them, that tell them to call me. Pulling the pan would be a fun you know, show. At least a, all right. Yeah. Look at the bearings. You know, if we want to roll you a know, set of bearings into it, just to be you know safe. What else was even uh, they found the original trailer from the show. Did they really? Uh oh. Oh boy. I think. We, oh, we might have you back. Are you there? No, no, I think we, yeah, there he goes. We lost him. All right, we've got to move on. We're going to head off to South Dakota. Jamie, welcome to the program. How you doing this morning, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to throw some statistics at you. All right. For, for, every, for every teacher, um, janitor, lunch lady, principal, you know, people that work in the office at this, how many people do you think are above that? Oh. It's one, there's 1.4 people above a principal. These people have nothing to do with your kids, ever. Oh. They never contact your kids. Unbelievable. There's there's one thing more. That's ridiculous. And then I want people to think about it. it is. It is. It's completely ridiculous. You know the trend? You, you want to know where the, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Goes, goes, it goes, if you want to know where the money goes in a school system, that's where it goes because all those people are making more money than the people that are contacting your kids. And it's easy to look at the statistics and see that Areas, countries, cities, counties, whatever, that spend more don't get better results. There is no correlation between how much we spend on our students and how the results come out. There's no correlation. Spending more money does not get us better results ever in this case. We spend so much more money on our school system than most countries in the world, and our our results suck. And I think you just identified why we're paying the people that have nothing to do with teaching our kids anything. Yep. And then the other thing I want people to think about is when you have a federal system, I don't, this is a couple of years old, but if you take a dollar and put it into the federal system, what you get into the classroom is like 11 cents. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it it get it gets lost in the shuffle. Everybody grabs their little piece of it, and uh, it's a mess, really is. You know the trend that I really like during the COVID lockdowns, and I hope that it continues and grows was the you know groups of parents getting together and creating their own little homeschool system. I get it. Not every parent, you know, have the ability to to manage trying to teach their kids at home. You know, they have work, they have other kids. There's a lot going on. I get that. But it can still be done. And one of the ways is, you know, we get these little groups together and some of them were even hiring teachers. 
And guess what? There's an awful lot of teachers out there right now that don't like the school system at all and would love to be able to teach in an in environment like that. Well, yeah, because they, they can actually eat. Yeah, exactly, and not put up with all the bullshit they have to put up with in our school system. You know, uh, something that would be interesting to me is, is how much time do the teachers spend filling out paperwork for all these people that are above the principal? Okay, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that's how it is with every federal system. It is. You know, the federal just don't understand why we need a federal department of education at all period it should it shouldn't exist the whole thing should be dismantled well their 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 justification for it was they were saying that places like mississippi and then alabama were teaching you know that that the black they were they were teaching stuff that they didn't want taught yeah i know too bad. And my solution is, you don't want the school system? Move. Yeah, exactly. That's the point of it. Or, or vote in new people locally that run the school system. The people I vote for federally, first off, you know, our federal system is so big and such a mess that I know for me personally where I live, my vote is wasted. My vote has no impact on anything because of where I live. But I can have an impact locally. So let's make important things local. School and our children are pretty important. We should be doing this at a local level. We maybe have a state department of education, so you kind of guide the whole state, but it shouldn't have much power. The power should be at our local school systems. And if we don't like them, we can vote in new people. I don't even necessarily think the state system should be there because when you have that, all you have is that system taking money from the classroom and passing it around to bureaucrats. Well, and the other thing, the the one thing that we could implement, one law, we've been talking about it for decades, that would change all of this. We don't have to write a bunch of new laws to make all this happen. There's another way to make the school system much, much better, and we only have to write one law. That's it. And everything else will work itself out when it comes to education. All we have to do is write a good school choice law. The money that comes out of my taxes to pay for education, I get to choose to spend that money wherever I want. That's the only law you need to change. Our education will get better really, really quickly like that. Because now think about it. Now, in in my little town, I can even get smaller in my little neighborhood. We have enough kids in this neighborhood, and it's not very big, to have a couple of teachers. Well, if I have 10 parents that want to put their kids in this little school and they all bring $4,000 or whatever the number is, now we could have a viable school. And why shouldn't I be able to do that? It's better for everybody. 
And you know who doesn't well, want it? You know who absolutely will will fight this tooth and nail to the very end? The teachers' unions, because they're afraid of the competition. They know how much they suck. They know how bad they are. And they know that these charter schools that will start up if there was school choice will blow them out of the water. Those schools will go bankrupt. Our federal schools will go bankrupt. That's why they won't do it. But well, would, the problem is we're not paying for schools that pass the, pass the uh, credit, you know, into college. You know, if we paid for that, then everything would be better. Of course. All we have to do is give everybody free college, and that'll fix all of this. <sighs> there's a, there's some people to think about on that, too. If everybody goes to college, now your degree is worthless. Exactly. It, they're kind of worthless so now. Please got it. No, you're right. You're right. And and honestly, um, I had zero interest in going to college. Zero. It was the thought never crossed my mind. I'm with you. I hated school. Like I said, for me, it was a social. Um, it was it was a way to to be with my friends and in sports. That's all school was for me. I could care less about all the other stuff. Probably because at some point very early on, I got really bored with our school system. Well, that's because they reteach you the same stuff. Exactly. Come on. Well, 12 years of school is a long time. Do you know how much we could teach somebody in 12 years? And yet we're cranking out idiots. Twelve years. That's a long time to learn things. And you know what? Kids are pretty amazing. They learn fast when you teach them properly. Kids are amazing at how they can learn. Well, they are, but I think that learning comes a lot better when it's more more condensed. Absolutely. You know, if you're, that, that's if you my point. We, we, and here's the other the thing. Level. We do in school. We, we talk about this all the time. We do it in school. We do it in sports now. Uh, we, we teach and we build the system to accommodate the lowest common denominator. We do not have a system that rewards excellence anymore. Well, right, because you can't have that kid feeling bad. Correct. Yeah, if it, the, the philosophy now is, well, if one person gets all the praise and all the rewards, then everybody else feels bad, and that's not a good thing. No, it, it's a really good thing. That's how human beings are wired. Well, and you take the competition out of it, and... We will all become... More, more behind. Yeah, and we will all become me, mediocre so, at best. All right, good stuff, Jamie. I'm going to grab another call here. We're going to head off to New Jersey. Kurt, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, thanks for taking the call. Um, All this makes me think about um, that book, Atlas Shrugged. thought about this for quite some time through this whole COVID thing and turning around and somebody approaching me for um, some of the stuff that I'm doing and 
you start giving me rules. And if, what are you going to do if I say, no, nope, nope, <laughs> I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Exactly. And uh, what are they going to do that? So anyway, um, not, uh, I think a little bit easier of a question here other than all that other stuff is uh, radiators. Okay. Is this a commodity? No. Is it, is it just go grab one? No, 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 not at all. In fact, you know, that's a good topic. I'm glad you asked that question the way you did. I can't think of many things on a truck that would be a commodity, in my opinion. It's almost the exact opposite. We should put much more focus into making sure we're, we're not treating something like this like a commodity. So I'm glad you asked the question. Let's talk about what makes a radiator different. Um, what's the purpose of the radiator? Why is the only reason it's on the truck? It cools the coolant, which then cools the engine. Yep. Keeps things in the temperature range that it's best to be at. Yeah. So sometimes we should, before we start to even talk about things like this, we should just go back and say, what is the purpose of this? It, just like the conversation earlier about the old GMC. How do we, how do we build this truck? Well, first off, what's the purpose of this truck? It's not to move freight. Once we know the purpose, then the answers become much easier. So let's start with the purpose of the radiator is to cool the coolant. The coolant's job is to cool the engine. That's it. That's it. That's all it does. That's its only function. So can we build a radiator that cools better than another radiator? Absolutely. Surface area is what we need. When you're trying to cool something, the more surface area of cooling you have, the better. Unfortunately, the bigger we build that front profile, the worse our aerodynamics become. So we're trying to make very aerodynamic trucks, which means we're shrinking that front profile, which means we now have less surface area for the radiator. And that's why most of our trucks are pushing the limits of their cooling capabilities. They're right there on the edge. And as they get older, nothing has to break. They just deteriorate a little bit. Maybe you've got some buildup on the inside of the radiator. Maybe you're, um, you know, the buildup on the outside of the radiator so it's not cooling as much. And those small changes, all of a sudden, we have a truck that's now overheating on long poles, but nothing's really broke. It's just, it, it was so close in capacity when the truck was brand new. And all of this got worse because of EGR and emissions. We needed more cooling because we were bringing hot exhaust gas back into the engine and that kept things hotter. So if we can build more tubes, if we can dimple the tubes, that's a technology that increases surface space. If we can have more fins per tube, those things will cool better. But it's also a lot more expensive. You start adding a lot of tubes, you dimple the tubes, you start adding a lot more fins, you're certainly going to pay more for that radiator. It's not a commodity at all. So I'll give you a bigger picture here that won't take long. So it's an older pre-emissions Volvo, you know, you're right, in the small nose, um, 12.7 Detroit. And the reason I'm asking this is a combination of two things. 
I saw a little bit of a leak underneath there yesterday, and I decided to call the trip short, so I did that, and now I'm kind of doing the research, and um, so I need to replace it, and I saw that I was definitely seeing some less cooling capacity on a warm day. That was going to be my question. I don't have a lot of that extra stuff. Yeah, that was going to be my question, is how well was this truck cooling with the current radiator? It was doing fine up until, well, I saw about a year ago, I started using some uh, coolant and I thought, boy, I started getting nervous, thought it was going to come up in the oil samples. It has not. Um, and uh, then just yesterday for the first time, and I, I, I theorized here that it was just a matter of it was leaking for this all this time, but it was never volume enough where it would drip. It would just, you know, go off into the atmosphere. Um, okay. so just such a small, I'm talking like a court over 20,000 miles. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. Well now it's down to 5,000 miles and it's a gallon and now I'm starting so, to see it. So, so tell me, and now I see the puddle. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what the operation for this truck, what kind of weight do you average and what part of the country do you spend most of your time in? Uh, I'd have to say east of, uh, Mississippi, um, I run Landstar, so I'm probably about 60,000 miles a year. Okay. Uh, that that I, I, You could go with the stock radiator on this. Okay. Radiators aren't commodities, but, but yeah, what, whatever fits back into this will be fine. You're not in an operation okay. where we're going to worry a lot about overheating. You're not running a lot of weight and you can pick and choose. You're not spending your time on big, long poles out West and uh, you can pick and choose if it were. Here's what I might do. Are you a, a customer of Pittsburgh power? Okay. I would call Bruce. Bruce loves to talk about radiators. Bruce knows more about radiators than almost anybody I know. And he'll give you the options. You know, now Bruce is always going to lean towards more cooling. That's just his mindset. So Bruce may give you a slightly different answer. Bruce may say, look, you're going to spend X to go get a factory radiator. Here's an upgrade option that'll cost you X more and it'll probably be worth it. Now, Bruce will probably lean you towards a little more cooling than than what was original. But if you want to talk to somebody and know what the options are, that's who I'd be talking to. Okay. That was a great suggestion. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I can't stress enough how often that book, and I've read it now twice or listened to it, uh, that, that Atlas Shrug. Oh. Honestly, I... If I'm going to do my little mind game here and I'm driving and start thinking about what is five years from now of current like lifestyle and continuously giving more stuff away, like this whole, like I pay off uh, my college loan last week and all of a sudden everybody else gets money and I don't, this is classic. Yes. Giving it all away. And only at the end of the day, there's only so much blood you can pull from these people before they just stop and go, I'm done. I'm done. That is what typically happens to every democracy in history. You lean on roughly half the population to finance everything the government wants to give to the other half of the population. And at some point, 
you end up with too many people taking from the government and not enough people contributing to the government and it will collapse. And, you know, honestly, it doesn't look like we're that far away from that in this country. Yeah, and I I have another business besides driving, and and sometimes I get people that say this to me. I say, so you want me to subsidize your lifestyle? Yeah. Well, that all of a sudden puts them on their heels, and it sort of becomes a little bit different, and I I call it in a joking manner. I start firing customers. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to deal with you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Anyway, the the book Thanks, was. Kevin. Have it, a great day. Yeah. Th- uh, uh, hold on. The book was incredible in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, and yeah. this is coming from somebody who has read thousands okay. of books. Thousands. That book yeah. sticks yeah. out. I I still will say it's my number one favorite book. As a novel, forget all the lessons in it. It was an awesome novel. She's such a good writer. But then when you take it and say, what was really enjoying, it was entertaining to listen to. It's an awesome novel. The writing was great. But there is a lesson in there that uh, you can't ignore anymore. I've got, and I I live out West sometimes too. And um, I I literally sometimes think, I just want to find this place. Because I'd rather deal with people that will tell it to me straight and just go and live your life and it's your responsibility and don't count on other people. Now, there's got to be a support system in there someplace. I get that and it's a temporary thing. But let's pull up your pants. Let's go. Pick it up. Go. I have employees that I can't. They're 18 years old. Employees that I, I ask me the same questions every day. Just go do something. <laughs> well, what should I do? You need me to tell you what to do. I know. I've told you for I, the last six months. I know. It, it's, it's, it, it's just so sad that we've gotten to this point. Um, and, and again, I, I, the, the worst part is I'm not sure how to turn it around, but let's go back to that, you know, personal responsibility thing. And then I'm a I'm pretty big on individualism, and that's what you were talking about right now. Being as as self sufficient as I can possibly be in this world. What kind of things do I need to know to one live a good life and to help other people live a good life? Because we're we're we we need human connection. I, I'm a loner. I really am. But I I realize that you can't go through life like that. You know, they're, they're, we have these connections for a reason. We can't live alone. It's one of the reasons why I love that show, and I use it as an example so much. It's called Alone, and we can't survive out in the wild alone. There's a limited amount of time. These people have crazy skills, and yet 100 days is really, really pushing it. Some of those people are about to die. I mean, they're that close. So... But here's the thing. If we all focus on making ourselves as good as we can be, as self-sufficient and personally responsible as we can be, that's our focus. Now, take three or four people who focus on really being good and effective as an individual and put them together as a group. That's powerful. Now we can accomplish stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there that are. I, I, well, I'm also as I'm complaining about you know people asking me what to do. It, uh, I got to give some of them credit because I think they really have the 
to want to learn. Uh, the mentorship, I think, has skipped a generation, and it's, it's um, you know, all these people have mentors in their own household. It just uh, kind of comes down to, does that person know what they're talking about, and do they have even the ability to show it? And so yeah. it, it's, um, no, it's, I, it's a building thing that's probably been going on for generations. I, I agree with you, and one of the things that, you know, the, the way I look at this, I, I, I hear people all the time, this is a generational thing, it's been going on forever. Every generation thinks the next generation after is a total screw-up, right? I mean, and we're saying it now. Oh, my God, this generation, they don't know math, they can't do this, they don't have a work ethic, and we kind of criticize them for it. I look at that and go, what the hell are you thinking? You did that. It, don't criticize them. You yeah. created them. Well, it's also, I, I, I'm thinking about, again, my little life here, and um, there's so many avenues of these younger people that are coming up from high school into college and not going to college. And some of these kids are finding their own way, and they're, I, I, I give them a lot of credit trying something different because you can always go back to school yes good point there's no limit so just go and experience something follow your drive and do it and uh if it's not the right way you just change but if you don't start you're not going anywhere do you know one of the 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 sad statistics i heard the other day that 39 percent of um, young adults graduating from high school right now, 39% of them believe that their only career path is to become an influencer. That is so sad. They, you know, this whole influencer well, uh, social media thing, I don't think people get it. They think all you have to do is go get some sort of a following and you become an influencer. There are people who have close to a million followers and make almost no money from it at all. Yeah, I, I, I can't fathom that kind of time wasted on such a little bit of return. Well, you know, look, I'm... I, I, I'm sure I could piss off a bunch of people with this if I wanted to, but many of these are people teaching other people how to put on their makeup. Come on, how many influencers do we need out there teaching people how to put on makeup? But that's the kind of stuff this is. It's it's very... God, I don't even know what the word for it. There, even the influencers that have these big followings, it, it, it's very, very impractical. It, it's not stuff that really matters. So this reminds me of, of uh, training and I'm being specific to whether it be gym training or any kind of training. I'll, I'll say this with confidence. The only people that make money training, and you can in, insert the word influencing, uh, is the trainers of the trainers. Those are the people that make money because the trainers don't make money. You, you know, not money, good, money, like it's not extra money. You know, a good example of this is the NTA and the NTP program. I love the NTA. Thought it's just an amazing organization. I know the guy that started it. He's a friend now. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But in reality, that program has been a pretty big failure. 
very, very few people come out of that program and actually make money or build a career as an NTP. It's almost unheard of. It's shocking how bad the numbers are. But there are people uh, out there who, yeah. are, who are killing it. My son happens to be one of them. Um, he makes money with individual clients when he wants to. But he found out that he makes more money, a lot more money, training other NTPs. He does a whole blood chemistry course that he created himself, and he makes a ton of money teaching that course. And the the crazy thing is, I look at most of the people going through this advanced blood chemistry course, they don't have a client base yet. Why are you taking more advanced training when you haven't been able to build a client base for what you already know? Which circles back around to the thing of just starting and going, and you're going to learn as you go. Exactly. You're going to make some mistakes, and that's yeah. even the better way to learn. And so and see, look, there is no easy uh, button. I'm not saying not you shouldn't take that advanced blood chemistry course of of course you should i'm a big believer in education but we just keep thinking it's the next education or the next idea that's going to make us successful and we skip all the basics yeah and at the end of the day it's the basics that people want and and i can't relate it to uh well maybe i can relate it if somebody's having major joint pain and they and, and they have all these problems, and they think they're eating a clean diet. And somebody goes right to blood chemistry. Did you ask them what they're eating? No. Let's go to basics. Yeah, right. Did you ask them what they're eating? Yeah, the doctors need to take some clue from the veterinary community. Every time I take an animal to a vet, they ask me what he eats. Doctors never do. <laughs> Vets always do. What are you feeding them? They know it matters. Very good point. All right. uh, Pretty interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. We're going to move along. The calls just keep rolling in. I asked for it. We're going to go to Wisconsin. Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, is I just wanted to add something to uh, something the previous caller has mentioned about the education. And I just stopped at a truck stop. Uh, when I first pulled in, the, the diesel fuel was 519. I fueled up, pulled forward. And as I was walking in, I saw the sign was 509. <laughs> so as I was fueling, they switched it, dropped it 10 cents. I went in with my receipt, and I'm like, uh, yeah, this is interesting. I was, I was just wondering if you're having some technical issues with your sign out there because uh, it says 519 on one side, and it says 509 on the other. Oh, man. And so I, she goes, oh, oh. She goes, no, we, it just changed. I'm like, <laughs> oh, all right. She goes, but don't worry. She goes, I'll make it right. She goes, I'll make it right. And so she pops the till open, and she hands me a $5 bill. Did she really? I'm like, oh. Uh, what? Yeah, for real. I was like, "What is this?" She goes, "Well, it, it's just a rough estimate." Oh no, a rough I, estimate. I, I, I had, I had exactly. I okay. Though so this is the good part. I had exactly 136 gallons. I, I stopped it. It was exactly 136 gallons, and uh, it ain't too hard to figure. 136 gallons times 10 cents. It's a dollar 36. You get 10 percent, right? 
1360. Yeah, I moved my decimal point not far yeah. enough. Yeah, 1360. Yeah. Rough yeah. estimate. So, so, yeah, so but here's the estimate was five dollars. Here's her. the bigger problem. <laughs> Even if she would have gotten the math right. I'm pretty sure that that's not how they run their accounting system. I don't believe that just because somebody, you know, fueled two minutes before we changed the price that their policy is to open up the cash register and give them some money back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That really surprised me. Yeah. I thought they were but, having technical issues up cow. there on the sign, but, oh, here, I'll make it right. Yeah. She asked me a $5 bill on a rough estimate of, a 10%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess that it would have been like, worse if no. she would have given you two giant slices of pizza or something. <laughs> oh, I would have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other day I was at the same place, and the all of a sudden the pumps, all the pumps shut down. I, and we were talking a full fuel island, and all of a sudden they just shut down, and they got this weird symbol coming up on the screen. And so I hit the button. Uh, what's going on? And she goes, "Oh, somebody hit the fuel shutoff inside here, oh. and we're going to restart it." Had to re- had to run the card, everything like that. Next thing you know, a guy's coming out, handing out uh, free uh, free free coffee coupons and free crop <laughs> uh, of fresh blend coupons yeah. to all the drivers. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's fine, but let's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Just make sure that fuel shut off ain't just getting bumped went random. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. That's good, crazy. Yep. Good stuff. We're going to head off to Ohio this time. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? I have a, uh, well, I think it's going to be an easy profit gauges question. Um, my wife. God lover. Everything, as you know, is in a shared account if you're married, old school. Yeah. And everybody's got a debit card connected. <laughs> so when it comes birthday or Christmas time, how the hell do you get her something that she don't see? <laughs> so I thought, okay, this year I got I got an idea. Okay. So I'm going to take cash advances each week. She sees the settlements, but I do the accounting, so she really doesn't pay any attention to what's going on. Yeah. Good idea. So then I'll get cash that she don't know about, and I can go get her something. Excellent. So in profit gauges, do I just simply pretend that that didn't happen? My revenue is my revenue. My real expense is my real expense, and just kind of ignore it. The cash advance, when it comes out of the settlement, you would classify as a retained earning. Is there a category for that? I don't remember. Yep. Yep, it's in there. And and we did that on purpose because that is a retained earning. It's not an expense. You left it in your business account kind of, but it, it's now become personal money because you took it as a cash advance. Now, if you were to take that cash and go out and buy a part for your truck, well, then we would classify that part as an expense. But the cash advance itself is what we okay. call retained earnings. That was just your personal money. Okay. I haven't done a cash advance 
I bet it's been 25 so, years. I had to ask people <laughs> at the fuel desk how to even do it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, oh, I just had a thought, and I was thinking about cash advances and what we used to go through, and I forgot my thought. Um, oh, no, I had this exact same problem. I'm glad you brought this up. So last year at Christmas, I knew exactly what I wanted to get Lisa. It was a pretty big ticket item. Um, several thousand dollars and yep. I, and I had to order it, you know, two months early. I was watching the, the shipping dates and they were updating leading up to Christmas. You know, if you want a guaranteed delivery by Christmas, the order's got to be in by this date. And it was like two months early and I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? I, I don't use cash. I don't have, well, I do have thousands of dollars sitting around, but I, I, Lisa knows how much is in there. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And then as I, I, I go to the website and I'm looking at the machine and I see something down at the bottom and it says, would you like to finance your purchase? Well, oh, hell yes, I would. <laughs> That'll solve my problem. Um, so I financed it because she doesn't have to see any of that. And then, you know, once Christmas was over, I just paid it off. But yeah, that was how I solved that problem. Okay, so this is, I mean, I, you know, societal-wise, okay, you do you, I, I really don't care, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, I, I really don't. But this, this just blew, blew me away. A guy here in Columbus, Ohio, that works at one of the railroads, was telling me and a buddy of mine about his kid's school in central Ohio here. He said that there are girls walking around in the school and they are on leashes and there are people actually holding the leash like they're walking an animal, a dog or a cat. They say that these girls identify as a cat. So the school board is actually (laughs) putting cat litter in a pan in the girls' bathroom. No, this, now, what we didn't it, get clear, Herschel. This is this is from no, the Babylon Bee. It's true. No, this is from the Babylon Bee. No, this it's is true. not true. Uh, yes, it is. No, it's not. This guy I'm calling girl bullshit. Come home and tells him this, Dad. I, I'm telling you, this guy's daughter come home and told her, told him about it. The daddy, you're not going to believe this. Now, what she didn't say is, is the pan out in the open or is there a separate stall? Uh, who cares? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, who cares? It's and, just unbelievable. And and is that catnip or cannabis? <laughs> it might be catnip laced with cannabis. <laughs> oh, yeah, no really way. True. No, tell me it's not true. Yes. Yes. I saw a better story about a leash on the news last night. I saw a guy who has a emotional support alligator. He calls him Wally Gator. And he walks him, he walks him on a leash. And when he, when he was doing the interview, he was holding the alligator. And this alligator is fairly good size. If I had to guess, I probably five feet plus. I mean, it's a decent size, not, and it will continue to get bigger. But right now, it's it's a decent-sized gator. He had it in his lap. He was cradling its head, and the alligator was, like, resting its head in the crook of his arm. 
and he's petting it well, the whole time he's doing this interview. The interview went on for like 15 minutes. It's his emotional support Wally Gator. He better stay out of Louisiana because Troy Landry will shoot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Un- uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then Sleepy Joe, I- I'm telling you, this guy, he is a disgrace to our society. How in the world can you pay off a loan that somebody signed up for of their own volition? And it's just okay to put it on the people that are actually working. When I went to school, now, yes, I went to a trade school. It didn't cost $180,000. It was five or six grand. But when I went, it was only a number of months, but I did seven days a week when I was there, five working, two at school. I paid back every penny of my loan. So they're more valuable than me when they won't even go get a burger flipping job after because they got a college degree let me give a good example of why we should never make advanced education free i'm fine with our our school system technically kind of being free and being paid for our taxes Um, but i wish we had school choice that would be a huge improvement if i could you know decide where i want to spend that money but secondary education college education i don't believe should ever be free because one it's not for everybody no not even close and two we know we absolutely know this to be a fact human nature you don't appreciate something you didn't have to work for or pay for you give somebody something free. Some people are smart enough to know, even though it was free, it's really valuable and I'm going to take advantage of it. But that's the minority. Most pe- And I'm a good example. What did I just say that I did with the free government education they gave me? I blew it off. I ignored it. I spent 12 years doing as little as possible just to get through the school system. I didn't want to go to college. But I can promise you, if I did go, if I thought there was a real reason and I wanted to go, I and I'm paying for it, well, you better believe I'm going to get as much out of it as I possibly can. But I spent 12 years getting nothing out of our education system because well, who cares? I didn't pay for it. That's right. just human nature. We know that. Right. So we should not make college free. Here's another problem with paying off these student loans. We're arguing about a lot of things. One, it's just wrong in so many ways. But why haven't we changed the program? If the program's so bad, that's what they keep saying. Oh, they're just saddled with all this debt. The system is broken. Okay, so you're going to put all of this money, my money, in to fix it, but you're not fixing it. You're going to pay off his loan today. You're giving somebody else one today, too. You're still giving those loans. So this money you're stealing from us doesn't fix the problem because you're not even attempting to fix the problem. You're still giving those same loans. We, if, if, right. you, if you want all this money to pay off all those debts because it's a broken system, then you better shut off the system right now. Shut it off. No more student loans from the government. None. Because it's a broken system. You said so. Right. Right. Exactly. Ugh. I don't know. Are we going to make it to 24? But then again, are we going to get anything any better? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. 
I, like I said, I'm going to take, I, I really I, want to take October off because all we're going to hear about all October are the midterms. Do you remember Steve Summers? Yes. Yeah, Dale's, Dale's son. Yeah, I still see. The uh, night of. Oh, he has a son. Steve's also got night, a brother that's uh, pretty the, active on social media. But yeah, I know Steve. The night of the election at two, three o'clock, whatever it was in the morning. And all of a sudden, all these votes came in and swung it the Democrats way for Joe. All Steve said was, how is this possible? Yeah. How in the yeah. world at three o'clock in the morning when the polls closed at seven, how is this possible? And that's really you all know, he said. Two days later, Clear, Clear Channel fired him. He's gone. He's now on that, uh, what's that one, the radio one that you got an affiliation with, PNC Live, I think it's called. Yeah, I know. He's, he, he's now he's now on there with the show. Clear Channel fired him. You know what surprised me? And I don't mean just now or just over this or I, I, for the last 20 years. I'm shocked that Steve never ended up on Sirius. Right. He should exactly. have been. His dad was. He, I, yeah. And yep. Steve would have been an, a great addition to that channel lineup. Yeah. And well, I don't know I if that was his choice or, yeah, I, I don't really, I, I, when I say I know Steve, I know of him. We've never spoken. I don't, he's not a friend. I don't right. know him, but I know enough about him. And was, I, I really always thought that at some point he would have ended up on the channel on Sirius. Yeah. Oh, well, he did on LW, but for whatever reason, it just didn't translate. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, the other day you were talking about the guy that says that's all I need, which was Mike McConnell. Oh yeah, that was WLW so too, our right? Society just—it was. Yeah. So to steal another one of Mike's terms, our society just leaves me befuddled. That was another one of Mike's terms. <laughs> Mike McConnell. He had a great just show. Befuddled. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, he still does, but he's on early mornings now. Yeah, I should probably. Uh, is, does he have we any need kind of a? Pit. To run for president, <laughs> wake up, America! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I miss some of those old radio <laughs> things. There was there there was some good radio over the years. Yes, there was. Gary Burbank, Bruce Williams, Neil he was a good one. Neil Bortz. Neil Bortz was the reason I read uh-huh. Atlas Shrugged the first time. What was? And Neil Bortz was how I learned about the, the fair tax. What was that lady's name that did a show, oh, late evenings, um, I don't know, maybe nine to midnight, something like that. She was on the Sirius channel back in the day. Oh, I can't remember her name. She just disappeared, too. I can't um, think of her name. There's a couple that come to mind. The she was good. Sally Jesse Raphael. No, that's not it. That's okay. not what I'm thinking of. Um, who else would? There I forget have been that lady. Boy, she was there, she was pretty good too. Yeah, there was um, there was a group called Talknet for a while. After Bruce Williams was on Talknet, and Sally Jesse Raphael was on Talknet, and I think Geraldo might have been at one point too. Um, who would the other woman be? I'm sure when you say she I'm was either before it, or after I, Bruce Williams. Yeah. Hmm. I probably recognize it. There isn't much, you know, about talk radio um, 
especially when you drive all over the country and it used to be AM and you had to find another show to listen to. So um, there aren't that many talk show personalities over the years that I wouldn't be familiar with. God, I can't think of her name. Boy, she was good, too. Oh, well. Mm. All right, Kevin, I'll let you get somebody else. All right. Sounds like a plan, except I don't have anybody else. We might be done for the day. Uh, We're almost at the two-hour mark here. Uh, Let me go back and look at some of my topics. Uh, If you want to dial right now, I'll hang out for a minute or two. Oh, you know what? I should ask when. um, Maybe I don't even have to ask. Maybe I should actually just look at my um, chat messages. Oh, no, we are going to uh, roll into, roll into, no pun intended, rolling toe uh, in just a couple minutes. So I need to wrap this up. I'm not going to take any more calls. I'm going to wrap this up. I will restart the show and you can start dialing in here in just a couple minutes. And Mike and Kevin will go live at... uh, one o'clock Eastern time. That's 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. So I'm going to wrap this up. We will see you back here tomorrow. It looks like, let me check my messages again. John and Joel are confirmed for trucking technology and efficiency tomorrow. And um, just because I want to get it a take from these guys, I'll probably open with uh, my latest hobby and... Uh, We'll talk about that and everything else. I love Fridays. I always look forward to Fridays. It's fun. Um, Certainly, we'll talk about, you know, trucking, technology, and efficiency. Um, Remember, your questions drive what we talk about. In the open, when the three of us get together, it doesn't matter what we planned. Anything can happen. So, it's kind of why I like that show. We will see you back here tomorrow for that. And we'll see you in just a couple minutes for Rolling Toe. So, Stick around. We'll be right back. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.